Some time ago, I was uh, reading through the story of David, and uh, you know this, where it says God was looking for a man after his own heart, and uh, or God looks at the heart. I'm going, well, what was special about David's heart? You know, what, what was unusual about him? And so I'd like to share some thoughts on that this morning. I, I think there were a number of things, but I want to focus primarily on the area of courage, and uh, maybe we'll get into some of the others later. But um, The prophet Samuel had been told by God, I want you to go to the house of Jesse, and I want you to anoint one of his sons as the next king. Saul had been uh, pulling away his blessing from him. He was saying, I've got someone else in mind that I want to anoint. And so Samuel goes to this house, and apparently it's a a little bit questionable how he can even pull it off without getting the king's attention. But he goes there and they prepare a feast and he prepares to anoint one of these sons. And so uh, as they walk through this feast, um, Samuel's looking and kind of checking out each one and, and uh, he sees Eliab, the oldest, who would have been the one set up for family leadership, and so he would have already been kind of been trained in some ways for that. And, uh, and he probably was bigger than the others, but whatever the case, um, God makes this comment to Samuel. He says, you know, his appearance or his stature, that's not what, what gets a hold of my attention. And basically he says, the Lord doesn't see men as men see each other. He says, God looks on the heart, not on the outward appearance, but on the heart. And so the question, natural question is, well, what's in our hearts? You know, what, what should we be thinking about or what, what does God see of us? If it's not the outward and it, isn't, it hasn't anything to do with what people are looking at, what's the core that, that draws God's attention? And so as, as he goes through, you know, it's, he looks at son number one, Eliab, and he's, no. Well, then maybe son number two, no. Three, no. Four, no. Five, no. Six, no. Seven, no. And you're going, there aren't any more in the house. And finally, Samuel's going, don't you have any more? He said, well, the youngest is out tending some sheep. So realistically, he hadn't even been invited to the party. Nobody thought enough of him to say this could be a king. In fact, when when everyone else is gathered, he's left off by himself. What a miserable place to be if you're the youngest son. And yet... God has other plans. And so they're told, go get him. I, I need to see him. And you know the story. He gets anointed as the next king. So that said, you know, we're looking at it and say, well, what was special about this guy? And I think going into the story of, when I think about courage, I think of it as the opposite of fear. I think of it as something that's needed if we're going to express faith we're called to. But regularly through the scripture, we are called to courage. And I think that has 
many, many applications. Sometimes when we're thinking about addressing something with someone that we think they possibly could be upset over or they might get upset with us, it, it takes a bit of courage to step forward and do that, right? You know, when you're just kind of going, ah, and, and you have this prompting saying, well, I think the Lord wants me to do this, but what am I going to do? Or it, it may mean that kind of the opposite side of the coin where you are opening up yourself in vulnerability, taking the chance that somebody is going to smack you in spite of that. You know, or if you, you say, what if, what if I give completely of myself and they just say, I'm not interested. That's going to hurt. And then, then we start thinking outward. You know, you can think of, well, every time you step into some kind of financial transaction, there's kind of this question of, will this work? I don't know. Is this, is this something we can do? Well, I'm not sure. Well, should we or shouldn't we? And, and you have that, am I going to respond in fear? Am I going to respond in courage? Sometimes it's with uh, community uh, societal things. Or, you know, just, uh, it could be governmental. It can be, there, there are many, many things. I, I'm convinced that every day, each of us has the capability of responding with fear or courage. I think every day there's decisions that way. Am I going to step forward into this or am I going to withdraw? Am I going to hide or am I going to make myself open? You know, it just, it's one of the realities of life. And yet, how do we step forward in the Lord and actually see his hand or sometimes go where we know that it, unless God provides, things aren't going to work out? Or we're, we're kind of at this place of just, I don't know, I, I, do I dare do this or not? Well, if, if God isn't covering me, this is going to fall apart. And then, you know, we have to pull in the thing of, well, if he, if he knows the hairs of our head, he watches the sparrows that fall, he, he knows every detail, every detail. And if he truly has concern for our lives, then he has the capacity to intervene in any situation that, that he decides. And, and in that regard, that's where we have to trust his loving kindness. And we have to believe that all things do work together for good to them that love him and are called according to his purpose. So it is an act of faith that responds with courage. <coughs> Some things come out in the story of Goliath that I want to walk through. First off, when David isn't brought to the battle even, um, again, left out, uh, watching the sheep, uh, but he, he takes supplies for his brothers, his three oldest brothers are part of it, and he gets there and he's asking questions and there must be a little more dialogue going on than what the story carries because eventually Saul hears of it and, and David gets brought as a soldier to fight Goliath. But that said, his brother sees him and says, what are you doing leaving this few little sheep in the desert? You know, I, I, know, I know your arrogance. I know, you, I, know who, I know the evil in your heart. Interesting phrase. 
God sees the heart and anoints him. His brother looks at him and says, yeah, I know him apart. And the very thing that has been called out. And so he has the choice of believing his brother or family or believing what God has said. So it's a, a critical moment. But he goes on and... and uh, David eventually gets set up for this. And I just want to, you know, throw up some of the statistics regarding Goliath because this is a boy taking on someone that's very impressive. Um, the different sizing of what they say is, he, most will say he was at least nine foot nine inches tall. When you look at the amount of armor that he's carrying and with his... Um, spear and everything, there's close to 200 pounds worth of stuff. Can you imagine? I mean, put 200-pound person on your back and then try fighting a battle. Doesn't make sense for most of us, right? Except that this was a soldier, this was an amazing person as far as size and strength. Not a skinny little nine foot nine, but impressive all the way. And in that, you know, he's called out and said, let one of ours, let me fight one of your people. Why, why go through all this bother? And, and so they're intimidated, and they've been that way for days. And yet David's looking at it going, I don't know, this, this can be done. <laughs> Different heart. Now, when he's explaining to Saul, Saul tries to fit him with his armor and it doesn't fit. Again, it's noted again, he's a boy. He's a boy going up against a giant. And Saul tries to fit him, it doesn't fit. And David just goes, when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him. Oh, that's a little bit different. <laughs> he says, and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard, struck him, and killed him. It's interesting. Though. He wasn't throwing stones from a distance with the sling. He says, I ran up and... Try that on the other side. <laughs> I grabbed him by the beard and killed him. So the courage of the man is shown already. And even though he hadn't been brought to the party, what he had been doing had been preparation for what was happening now. And, and the, the courage of a person that would step into a fray like that is very unusual. I mean, I don't know anyone that wouldn't want to take on a bear or a lion barehanded, right? No. And yet... He was different. But his early victories, in a sense, prepared him for what was ahead. Now, it's interesting. He didn't necessarily pick those battles, right? They came to him. But he had learned God's provision through it. And so there are times, you know, even in, in, when we go through things and we're going, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I didn't, I didn't. I'm a nice person. Why is this happening to me? Or I tried this. I, you know, I planned the best I could. That's, that's not really as critical as the idea that even in those battles, God is there. 
and he's willing to respond to a heart of courage. And, and so in that setting, even though he didn't ask the bear to come or the lion or said, you know, I'm feeling frisky today, let's, let's see if we can find an animal, he just, he took on the battle when it was there. Okay. He said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand. It wasn't my strength that won the battles with those animals. No, he's recognizing it's not natural to do that. But he's saying, God was with me. And the same God who helped me there is going to help me now. So again, a, a critical thing. He's, he's not even looking back at his victories and saying, man, I'm something. He's not, he's not looking and saying, um, yeah, I, I just have an unusual ability that no one else has. But he's recognizing the hand of God in it. Excuse me. <coughs> Remnants. <laughs> okay, so he, he ends up taking stones uh, out of the stream, as you know, and again, he's changing tactics, so he's not just relying on what worked before, but he's doing something different this time around. And it's, it's interesting, uh, you know, as far as, as Goliath, he had all this armor, and he had a shield bearer in front of him. So there would have been very little window of, of vulnerability even in that. But uh, David says to the Philistine, you come to me with sword or spear and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied in the assembly, that you may know that the Lord saves, not with sword or spear, for the battles of the Lord's, he will give you into our hand. So he just, he makes this declaration. He says, what is happening today isn't about me and you. It's about what God is going to do. And this battle, it isn't just at the physical level. This is between, uh, this is God's fight. And I think it's crucial that when we're in the middle of things that, you know, require courage or fear, that we say, God, help me to see where you are and hold me to this, then I need to see your hand in a way. You know, I'm going to step out and I know that unless you provide, this is going to fall apart. But the beauty of it is, he knows that God is faithful. And so that's what he, he responds to. And, and you know the story. He wins. Incredible, but he wins. I want to draw one other thing out of this. Uh, later, when David is, David's mighty men, are, the stories are being told to them. You can find those in 1 Samuel 23 or uh, 1 Chronicles, or 2 Samuel 23 or 2 First Chronicles, get that right, and things that go on, and, and guys who got into the battle, and it's like everybody fled but them, and they just stayed until they won. And astounding stories, and you, know, you have stories uh, that match David, so to speak. Um, I remember listening to Jimmy Evans describe how, you know, the... Uh, Benaiah goes down into a snowy pit on one day and slays a lion in the pit. 
So it's not enough that, you know, there's open space, but he walks into the fight, and it's slippery. And so, in a sense, he's got more bragging rights than David in regard to that. You can just imagine the jawing that would have been going on between these guys, right? You know, yeah, was that, was that house cat able to even lift its head when you killed it, or, you know... Yeah, oh, yeah, I know you, yeah, you killed a lion. Perfect conditions, by the way. You know, I went down in the pit on a snowy day to make it difficult. You know, it just, or the, I think it's the same guy, Benaiah, that, that went to fight a, an Egyptian giant. It says he took his spear and killed him with it. So he's going, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you stood back and threw stones. Me, I, I went up to him. Yeah, I, I know you grabbed the beard of the lion, but, you know, when it came to the giant, what did you do, David? Yeah, you stood back and threw a stone. We're up, we're, you know, you can, what I was trying to say is courage inspires courage in others as well. And your victories inspire others as well. And it's no mystery as to why David gathered soldiers around him or even why Jonathan, the son of Saul, is, has his heart knit to him. Jonathan was a, an incredible warrior on his own. Man, or a boy. He goes, this person is unusual. Well, again, that's one of the things God saw about this guy's heart. And, and so then we would ask, Lord, grant us courage as well. Let our hearts be similar. Help us to take these stories and build off of them as well. Help us to trust you with the battles that are ours. Help us to have that faith that said, God sees my life intimately and cares about every detail and has concern for me and will provide as needed. And so when we look at that and we say, you know, I'm going to trust him. I'm going to build my confidence in him. And I'm going to build off the victories that have been mine and others and trust that when it comes to whatever giant's a part of my life, that um, I'll be able to conquer this as well. What an awesome thing, huh? Praise to the Lord. We thank you for these scriptural stories that speak life to us. We thank you that they're written down so that we might glean truth from you. We thank you that the battle is truly yours. We thank you that you speak to our hearts and encourage us to step forward in you. Grant us courage to trust you enough to see you through the battle. Amen. I pray for God's blessing upon you. I trust you'll have a fantastic weekend. It remains as an opportunity for open-ended worship and prayer. May your blessing rest on these, your people. May they know the fullness of favor that you intend for their lives. May they discover with joy that courageous acts won't go unrewarded by you. But you will intervene for the battle that is yours. Ask, Lord, as each one goes into the community, that you'll give them words of life to speak over others. I ask that you'll enable them to carry out the workings of your kingdom. Gift them with the supernatural. Be lifted up and exalted, our Lord, we pray. We love you this day. Amen.